Hello and welcome to Fantastic History. I'm Clay. I'm Sarah. We're a husband and wife duo who enjoy telling each other about amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history. So, Sarah, this is going to be probably a shorter episode. Okay. So, we'll breeze through it pretty quick. So, if you have any anecdotes or interesting stories... (laughs) Feel free to chime in, okay? Okay, so on this last episode of Vanderpump Rules that I was watching. Okay, we're not going to talk about that, actually. Oh, okay, fine. Um, this this uh, topic is a little... Um, we're going to be jumping around a lot. Okay. Because it's not a straightforward narrative. Sure, you love that. I do? You do. I feel like we've had a lot of episodes like that. Okay, fair enough. So I'm going to start at the beginning, but we're going to we're going to be going back and forth quite a bit. Okay. Okay. Well, on September 9th, 1990, mm. in the Ask Maryland column in Parade Magazine, reader Craig Whitaker of Columbia, Maryland, asked her a question. The question will go on to be considered one of the world's most famous math riddles, and would catapult Maryland's already stellar career into the stratosphere but at first in ways she did not appreciate. So quick question. Was Ask Marilyn not like an advice column? We'll get to it, but kind of. Okay. Because like I'm, you say that and I'm thinking like Dear Abby or Mm -hmm. something. So I feel like if you wrote into Dear Abby with a math question, (laughs) they would simply put your letter in the trash. Probably, right? Okay. So that that was uh, was my confusion there. No problem. It will be explained. All right. And while this riddle could be also considered to be a veridical paradox, rest assured, Sarah, we are not going back to the prison of infinite paradoxes. Which, lest we forget, didn't have to be a prison. It could have been a nice hotel, like in the actual thought experiment. There are many, many reasons why, but don't mm. worry, that bit is over. <laughs> the bit is done. So what is the riddle we're talking about? Well, if you read the title of the episode then you know oh great so they know before me yeah sarah has not read the title of the episode yet that's messed up so i'm gonna fill her in right now we're talking about the famous monty hall problem (laughs) okay are you familiar with this no oh i don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing okay great well the problem has been covered to death in classrooms online videos tv movies and so on. It, it was even um, a B-plot in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which we have watched through. Oh, okay. Well, we haven't seen it all the way through. Oh, that's true. We, we missed one at so, one season. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've talked about it on Vanderpump Rules. So. For God's sake. So why am I talking about it if it's been covered to death? And it hasn't been on VPR. <laughs> For two reasons. First, because the Monty Hall problem is... It's not very complicated, but it's really hard to wrap your head around. Okay. Um, And I believe the more you hear about it, the better you can understand it. Um, And it took me a lot of reading and listening to finally understand it. Okay. It's pretty straightforward, but you'll see. Okay. But the second reason is more important because most of the time when people talk about the Monty Hall problem, they talk about... Well, the problem itself, Mm -hmm. they don't talk about the woman who made it famous. Marilyn. So that's why this episode is about Marilyn Voss Savant. Oh. 
Born August 11th, 1946 in St. Louis, Missouri, Marilyn Vassavant worked in her father's general store and wrote for the local paper. Fun. When speaking about her parents and upbringing, she said, they weren't thinking about focusing on the kids at all. The whole idea was just to be independent, earn a living, and no one really paid much attention to me, actually. Mostly because I was a girl. Yep. She studied philosophy at Washington University in St. Louis before quitting two years in. Hmm. She then moved to New York City in the 1980s and worked as a writer. Whoa. She wrote the Omni IQ Quiz Contest. (laughs) It's a book, which, as the name implies, is a contest book where Marilyn teaches the reader how to prepare for said contest. And in the last pages, the book presents the questions to be answered. Mm-hmm. And then you would mail back your answers in the hopes of winning the prize. $10,000 in cash and prizes. Okay. As well as being able to say, according to this contest, that you are the most intelligent person in the world. Oh, okay. The book also presents a lot of information about IQ tests, how they work, and why, they're con- why are they considered to be a useful measure of intelligence? Mm-hmm. And Marilyn was a pretty good person to write this book for Omni Publishing because the same year her book came out, she was featured in another book, the Guinness Book of World Records. hey Marilyn Vossavant was recognized as having the highest IQ in the world. Holy crap. Okay. A- an IQ of a whopping 228. How does that not just collapse your brain? Like, how do you even go about your day-to-day life being that intelligent? Like, I feel like you reach a point where it's like you just realize all existence is futile and you give up, you wear sweatpants, you eat ice cream straight out of the carton because there's no point. You know what I mean? Like, Pretty wild. Oh, God. Yeah. Sounds awful, honestly. Now, not only was she obviously very intelligent... She was also a pretty woman, so it it made for a perfect opportunity for Parade Magazine to do a feature on her, mm-hmm. you know, and they did. And as a result, the, the magazine received an unprecedented amount of letters asking Marilyn questions. Oh. So Parade offered her her very own column called Ask Marilyn. I love it. Where she answers readers' questions on logic, puzzles, mathematics, quizzes, etc., so, yeah, it's it's a bit of a more intellectual version. Yeah, Dear, Dear Abby, Abby ain't doing none of that. No. Then in 1990, she received the question that catapulted her already stellar, stellar popularity and ignited one of the most complicated and fierce debates in probability. Oh, my. The Monty Hall problem. Okay. So let's finally talk about it. Okay. I'm going to change the phrasing that was in the article mm-hmm. because... I just want to word it the way I want to word it. Okay, great. And we'll talk about it. So the problem gets its name from the host of the game show, Let's Make a Deal. Right. And from one of the games on Let's Make a Deal. In the show, the contestant is presented with three doors. Right? Yep. Monty Hall tells them that between two of the doors are goats. Yep. Now, these are bad doors. You don't want a goat. You don't want the goat door. No. No, I've seen it happen. You want what's behind the third door. A million dollars. So, he says, choose a door. Now, I don't know if you want to play along, Sarah, but I I would choose door one. 
Oh, I was going door three. You're going to choose door three? Automatically going door three. Okay. Well, we'll sort of play in our heads. Sure. Right now. So Monty Hall says, actually, this works out perfect. Monty Hall says, that's great that you didn't uh, choose door number two, because door number two has a goat behind it. That darn goat. And then he opens the door and shows that there is indeed a goat behind door number two. They're always tethered up. They're always chewing. It's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, the crowd laughs at the goat. Everyone's having a great time. Mm -hmm. And then Monty Hall says, now, I'll give you a choice. You can stick with your original choice, Mm -hmm. door number one or door number three for Mm -hmm. you, or you can switch to the other door. The question is, should you switch? Is there an advantage to switching? Okay. Now, I said no. I'm not going to switch because I'm thinking at this point the odds are 50-50. And if I choose, if I change the door and I lose, I'm going to feel worse. Right. Yeah. You know, you ever yeah. do that? Oh, yeah. Many times. You, ch- you, you change your answer. Your first answer was correct. And you feel like, oh, that's, that hurts worse than if I had... Just stuck with my answer and Uh been wrong. Well, especially being like as a kid in school, like you're doing a test, you you circle C, then you overthink it, you erase it, you circle A, you get the test back, that one's marked wrong, and C is circled as the correct answer. And you can still see your little eraser (laughs) marks, your little indention of your pencil, and you're just like, "Are are you serious? Yeah. You saw that I marked this. Can you not? Can you not deduct the points? Are you serious? Second guessing yourself is a lesson you gotta learn. And I've never done it since. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same problem. Anyway, so I, I would stick with door number one. What what are you what are you thinking? I'm sticking three. Like I'm I'm the same way because I like what we we're just talking about, but also, hey, listen, you've picked one, I've picked three, so either way, we're splitting a million bucks. That's a great that's a great <laughs> point. Now Marilyn stated in the article that you should always switch doors. Oh. She said, it's not a 50-50 chance, but if you change doors, you have a whopping two-thirds chance of winning. And if you stay, you've got a mere one-third chance of winning. Okay. And her answer received strong backlash. Yeah. Thousands of readers sent in messages telling her that that she got it wrong, Mm -hmm. she was mistaken, and nearly a thousand letters came in from mathematic and science departments <laughs> and PhDs <laughs> telling her the same thing. Mm-hmm. And some of the responses got were pretty intense. No kidding. Were they being really rude and horrible to a woman? Terrible. Well, I'm going to read some of them to you because, oh, you know, yeah. you get, you got, we got to do it. You blew it. And you <laughs> blew it big. <laughs> There is enough mathematical illiteracy in this country, and we don't need the world's highest IQ propagating more. Shame. Wow. Quite arrogant. Really? Another read, as a professional mathematician, I am concerned with the general public's lack of mathematical skills. Please help by confessing your error and in the future being more careful. Uh, Okay. And then another reader summarized perhaps what many readers were thinking. Maybe women look at math problems differently than men. It's for the best you stopped right there, sir. For the best. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. Mm. But 
here's the thing, Sarah. If you hadn't already guessed, Mm -hmm. Marilyn wasn't wrong. Yeah. They were wrong. Yeah. Duh. And putting aside the arrogant comments, the sexist comments, all that stuff, the letters telling her that she had made an error shouldn't surprise us. In fact, when this question is put to the general public, only 13% get it right. Because they may say, I'll switch, but no one can, only 13% of people understand why. Right. The truth seems to run contrary to our assumptions, even for professional mathematicians, apparently. <laughs> so why is there an advantage to switching doors? Well, let's take a look at the problem again. Okay? Okay. You start the game and you have a one-third chance of picking the winning door. Right. And you have a two-third chance of picking a losing door. Right. So if you choose the correct door, you should not switch. But you're only going to pick the correct door about 33% of the time. And here's where people get messed up. When one of the doors is revealed to be a losing door and you're given the opportunity to switch, almost all of this... all. Almost all of us interpret this as simply removing an option, mm-hmm. leaving us with a new one in two odds right. of picking the winning door, right? One door has got the money, and then the only remaining door does not. Seems to be one in two. Right. But this is incorrect. I figured it out, but I'll let you explain. I'm I'm shocked. I'm not, I'm not shocked. It's a- wow. <laughs> He's shocked, guys. You know why? Because I'm a pretty girl too. No, no, no. And we don't know math because we look at math differently. It took me so long to figure it out. Your odds have not changed. No. You see, Monty Hall was will always open a losing door. Yep. If one of the doors you didn't select has the million dollars behind it, he's never going to pick that door. Nope. Because that would ruin the game. Game's over. That's that's boring. Yep. This fact gives you more information than you may initially believe. Since you will only choose the winning door a third of the time, that means that two-thirds of the time, Monty Hall will be forced to open one door, the losing door, and the other door will be the winning door. Mm-hmm. You can also think of it like this, listeners. When I choose door number one, Would I switch if I could open both door number two and door number three and keep the money if either one of those doors is the winner? Well, of course I would. Yeah. uh, Picking two doors rather than one door? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, when I switch or when when I'm given the option to switch, I'm being given that option because the only difference is that one of the doors has already been opened. Right. I'm just picking the other door. And if you're still having problems figuring it out, another way to look at it is imagine the same scenario, but instead of three doors, it's a hundred doors. You choose door number one and Monty Hall reveals 98 losing doors. (laughs) Do you choose the one door he didn't open? Of course, because your odds of choosing the winning door initially were one in a hundred. Right. But now that all the other doors have been eliminated, save one, you you have a much higher probability of 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 picking the right door if mm-hmm. you switch, right? Right? Yeah. Because why is that the door he chose not to open? 
Yeah. Why? Like for your example, you picked number one. He opens two. It's a goat. So there's either another goat behind one or three. Well, if it's behind door number three is a goat, then why did he open two instead of three? We know why he didn't open one because that's the one I picked. Yeah. So why did he choose two over three? Well, you see, he, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's how I, I understand it. Like, yeah. what made you choose that specific door to open and that specific one to close? I am very suspicious, Monty. <laughs> well, Monty Hall could have picked either door. Right. The, 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 the trick is remembering that your odds have not changed. Right. Just like in the one in a hundred. It's one in a hundred. And that last door, Monty Hall left it there for maybe for a reason Mm -hmm. maybe that door is the losing door still it's the last remaining losing door Mm -hmm. that he left right it could be it could be it could be but that would mean that you picked the winning door at the odds of one out of a hundred right which are so low Mm -hmm. that it makes way more sense that you picked the wrong door the remaining door is the winner right and there are online simulators that you can test it out. You can you can play the game and see what the odds are after 10, 20, 30 games. I did it a few times. The odds always came out around 33, 66, That's just like crazy. Marilyn says. That's crazy. It goes contrary to what we're thinking, but yeah, the facts don't lie. So Marilyn would go on to write a few follow-up columns, further explaining her reasoning. And in time, <laughs> readers finally began to understand that they had been wrong. Mm-hmm. That they, they, they weren't looking at it properly. Right. And several, including those arrogant professors, wrote back to concede and apologize. Thank you. They ate their humble pie, admitted as much, and hopefully came away... As better people. Oh, well. Mm. But people still get it wrong all the time. Oh, sure. You know? As I said, I had to li- I had to listen to... S- I-, I had to go through several different people explaining it in different ways for me to fully wrap my head around it. This is why it's considered to be an example of a veridical paradox. It's an answer to a problem that seems contradictory or false... But it's true. It seems like a paradox to people who don't understand the answer. Right. To people who do, do understand the answer, it's not a paradox. Yeah. It's just math. Just math. Now, despite being perhaps the smartest person alive, Marilyn's still human. And she has made uh, some errors in her column before. I would hope so. So someone, someone you know, sending a message and saying, hey, you're wrong. Hey, she's been writing the column for nearly 40 years. She's still going? She's still going. <gasps> Marilyn! She's oh still my going. God. Hey! Now, unfortunately, she no longer appears in the Guinness Book of World Records because in 1990, they stopped tracking the highest IQ due to IQ test dubious reliability yeah. of intelligence yeah. testing. So it's not that she was dethroned. No. Oh boy! Okay, that's a relief. Now she now she may have technically been dethroned by now. I don't know. No, it's a pretty high score. Yeah, she's still the smartest. And Marilyn has agreed 
that an IQ score is not the only factor in a person's intelligence, but rather a mix of skills and analytical abilities that contribute. Well, and think about it too, like Forrest Gump had a a very sub-average IQ, but his emotional intelligence was off the charts. That is true. Thank you. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. And that is the story of the Monty Hall problem and the woman who solved it. Oh, Marilyn. Yay. I'm just so I'm just so pleased that you got it so fast. <laughs> well, I do love math. You do. I have have always loved math. That's really cool. Thank you. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like and a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you have any questions for us, ask Clay and Sarah. We probably won't be able to answer too many riddles and stuff like that, but we'll give it our shot. You can email us at fantastichistorypod at gmail.com or send us a question or comment on threads and Instagram. We are fantastichpod on both. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.